Our Old Testament reading today comes from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of God. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Our New Testament reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 through 30, and six, I'm sorry, is verses 31 through 35 and 69 through 75. Listen for the word of God. Then Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Though all become deserters because of you, I will never desert you. Jesus said to him, Truly I will tell you, I tell you, this very night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came to him and said, You also were with Jesus from the Galilean. But he denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he went out to the porch, another servant girl saw him. And she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to curse and swore an oath. I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Well, hello again. I am really glad to be back among you, and thank you for inviting me back. I always feel privileged and happy to lead Christian worship, and I have really enjoyed doing it here with you. Thank you for being faithful to this community of God's people. 
Neighborhood Church has been through a tough time. And lately, while the search committee has been doing its work, you've had to deal with a whole bunch of different people up here at the pulpit on Sunday mornings. God bless you for your patience and your openness to many different voices. But you know, in the church, as in every other sitting, setting, we really need continuity, don't we? We need innovation and difference, too. But without continuity, things just become fragmented and unreliable. You are going to get back to a settled continuity soon, I trust. Because the search committee has really been working hard, we've already heard that, it continues to work hard to find the right pastoral leadership for you. I hope you have been praying for them and that you will continue praying for them. The committee sent you all a communication at the end of September which asked for your prayers and for your awareness that the future of this congregation belongs with your ability to stay in prayer and also with your ability to accommodate the fact that uh, what neighborhood church has got here, what every congregation has got, is a bunch of different people with different needs and also different understandings of what the church should be and what a pastor should be and do. Life is complicated in the Church of Jesus Christ as well as outside. And by the way, speaking of other churches, I want to bring you greetings from the Montebello Plymouth United Church of Christ, where I was the worship leader the last two Sundays, and at the end of the service last Sunday, they presented me with this stole, uh, which was made by the pastor's wife, and uh, I, I think I did a pretty good job of finding a shirt that uh, roughly goes with, with, the, with the stole, and I got a couple of compliments on the shirt when I came in this morning, and as I think back to it, you know, not being the right kind of dresser is not a problem I've had in the ministry over the years. But I was saddened to read another line in the letter of the search committee to you. It says that the first goal of the congregation should be to rebuild trust in the pastoral role where trust has been lost. Trust lost. That's sad. But is that or is that not an all too common thing in our human life? So I'd like to speak to you for a few minutes this morning and also next week about trust. I'm speaking as a pastor. I got to tell you, my career as a pastor, has been rather different 
from what I envisioned it to be. For several reasons. One of the reasons is that I made mistakes. In one particular decisive case, come to feel that my pastorate there was not working out. You can imagine that didn't feel good. I thought I had been doing just fine, giving the congregation what they wanted and needed. I was mistaken. I had misinterpreted, so I talked at length and prayed. It was not that me, and I, I want to tell you that my faith than it was in that defeating and in so what does this have to humility on the other? I want to make a, and for the suggestion to focus on humility, I want to, and, and really, Reverend Thomas, the whole is about relationship, isn't it? To that same extent, trust, to the, our mixed up, off track, way of trust, and even destructive, is the tendency we all have to believe about what is right, that our position, our is not needed, are the right ones. The correct one, those others. But so often they or at least see a part of the picture which we've been blind to, really, than we do. I wonder if there's a clearer illustration Jesus was arrested of this than how Peter said to the disciples very clearly that they were going to desert him. He said, I will never do We know what happened himself from Jesus to deny that he had had him and he obviously thought that he understood himself which up to that point had just been that the great Roman Catholic Church first Pope believed down you know very cut and dried not, not exactly believe that the Pope is infallible believe that I don't think our sisters and but our Protestant way of managing things and tangled. UCC congregations have a history of not always should be expecting from the pastor idea, a reliable consensus on who should take uh, which decisions. We say that our denomination is characterized by partnership and the lay leadership. Partnership between the pastoral leadership and the lay leadership. That's a very, very, isn't it true that the Holy Spirit of God acts just as much and just as creatively and productively through you lay folks as the Spirit does through those of us who are ordained clergy? Sometimes this ideal of shared leadership, partnership between pastor and lay leaders, sometimes that works well. But you know as well as I do that it's also often is not the case. It's very difficult. You know, 
I can testify how difficult equal partnership is in marriage. Maybe a few of you can testify to that too, where there are just two people involved. Think of how much more difficult it is when there are 40 or 60 or 100 people involved. Back in the day, Adam and Eve apparently got along well enough, but Adam and Eve, just the two of them, messed up. They got the feeling they uh, could know what they needed to know apart from going to God, relying on God, apart, that is, from the humility which befits all of us human beings who were created by God in the first place and who remain, in some fundamental sense, the sheep of God's pasture. In any case, real community, real relationship is impossible without trust. And trust is impossible without humility without the awareness that each of us, including very much the pastor of the congregation, is just one sheep in a big flock, and each of us therefore sees only a small part of the total picture. You know, the biblical word for sin, the Greek word in the New Testament, means actually what it means is missing the mark. Because the perspective of each of us is, in the nature of the case, so limited, because each of us has a big blind spot, each of us. So therefore, we tend to miss the mark. We get things wrong more than we want to admit. Jesus warned the disciples after they had gone out to the Mount of Olives that all of them, all of them, were in one way or another going to desert him. And they did, at least for a while. And yet, as has already been said this morning, God loves us. God forgives us. God stays with us. God strengthens us. God picks us up when we fall. God shows us what we've been missing. God gives us to believe that we can and will do better and then empowers us to do better. I mean, is that awesome? Is that incredible? Is that extraordinary? Is that life-giving and life-renewing or what? It's just a matter of being humble enough to acknowledge our own limited vision, acknowledging our, that awful tendency we have that we know better than others, and above all, being open to learning something new from somebody else in the congregation, whether it's a pastor, the pastor, or a lay leader, or just an individual member. And the letter sent to you from the church, from the search committee, stresses the importance of we just gotta, we just gotta listen to one another 
as well as listen to God. I married a psychotherapist. I learned from her the centrality, the fundamental importance of listening. Listening is the mark of the humble person. In my career as a minister, I've made plenty of mistakes. It took me a while to learn that I was good at some tasks which the congregation expects of the pastor, but not at others. It took me a while to learn that I've got, well, a really limited skill set. And I gotta tell you, sisters and brothers, that no matter who you call to be the transition pastor and then the settled pastor of Neighborhood Church, he or she is also gonna have a limited skill set. He or she isn't gonna be able to do everything. And he or she is gonna have a blind spot because he or she is a human being. And as we all are, and that's where you who are lay leaders are going to really have to understand and to stand in and to help. I mean, I can't tell you what insightful and responsible lay leadership in a congregation means to us clergy. We know or we learn how much we depend on the patience and understanding and goodwill and insight of our people. So that's it. I mean, too often in my ministry I didn't get it, and yet I stuck with it. And at one point along the way, when I needed to update my profile and I asked colleagues for a couple of references, one of them wrote, whatever else is true of Jeff, I can say that he is a learner and a grower. A learner and a grower. Yes. May I always be a learner and a grower. May you always be learners and growers. I wish you that with all my heart here in this blessed congregation, you, this congregation, which God is calling to be a clear, strong, loving witness here in Laguna Beach to Jesus Christ. Amen.